We have a dream. We have a voice. This is the Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. Hi, I'm your host, Kevin Touch, and we are the, the Anchor, Anchor Nation. Nation. Well, Anchor Nation, this is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio. And we're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation Podcast, episode 38, with Chris Dell over at the Gold Waller FFS station on Anchor. Chris, I had a great time speaking with him. He's a great guy. He's into the media as a journalist. His dad was a journalist. His family is all about the sports world. And he uh, talked about a little bit about playing basketball when he was young, how it's invested in him. Also, official Buckshot, his affiliate company, and many more things, including health, fitness, and how he wants to have a positive mindset. And a Gary V. Uh, big fan of Gary V. When it comes to not only getting him uh, discovered on how he found this app, but just in general. Hope you guys enjoy and check it out. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and we're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation Podcast. Episode 38 with Chris Dell from Gold Baller FFS. And without further ado, I'm going to let Chris Dell introduce himself. Hey, KT, my man. How's it going? Appreciate you having me on the Anchor Nation station, man. I'm a big fan of the show and of what you guys are doing, all the great interviews you guys are putting out, all the great connections and people you're talking to. Um, you know, we've known each other for a few months here or more than a few months here now on Anchor. Right, right. Uh, I got on in late July. I, I think that was a little bit after you got on the platform. And uh, you were one of the first people that reached out and connected. And I think a lot of people can say that and just speaks to your hustle and your compassion for other people, man. So just wanted to say really, really appreciate it of you bringing me on of all the conversations we've had up until this point. And uh, yeah, man, you can catch, uh, you can catch me on go baller FFS on anchor. Um, FFS stands for family feud sports. That's where two lifelong sports writers also father and son intensely debate the week's hottest sports news. Myself, I'm a former sports journalist. I've been published with the New York times the New York daily news and a bunch of other publications in New York and elsewhere from Florida. Originally, it's where I grew up with my father. He's my co-host, you know, also father and son, that part of the, that, that part of the, spew, yeah. of, of the, of, of the, of the spiel right there. Um, so my, my father and I, we have a podcast here or more than a podcast. We have a station and we put out different unique podcasts uh, each day of the week on our station. We try to do every day. We're getting to a point now we're going to be doing probably all five days of the week, Monday through Friday, but uh, in, in the last few months, we've been getting our footing down on here. We have a quick rants podcast where we uh, give our biggest sports beefs of the week. We have people call into our station, let us know what their biggest sports beefs are. We republish the call and we'll get some custom music going, some conversation around that topic. And on top of that, we do our weekly NFL quick picks. We're going to be uh, closing that up as the season winds down for football. And then jumping into a lot of basketball content. So on Go Baller FFS, you can always find original content from myself and my father, two lifelong sports journalists, and talking mostly basketball and football, but any other topic that's in the mainstream that's getting the attention on social media that people are talking about at the water cooler or on Instagram or Snapchat or wherever it is, uh, that's what we want to bring is a unique show, not just running down the basic headlines and the stats, but really kind of taking a deeper dive into sports and the issues around it and the, you know, the hot topics around it and just kind of giving a different perspective from two people who have been in sports media our whole lives. So that, that's where you can find myself, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, M-A-D-D journalist, 
And you can find my father, Alan Dell, a.k.a. The Godfather. Both of us make up Go Baller FFS. We're on Anchor. You can also catch our podcast on Stitcher Radio, on iTunes, Google Play, and hopefully soon coming to iHeartRadio as well. So, yeah, man, that's kind of just a quick intro into, uh, you know, how I got here and how we got together. And, uh, yeah, you take it away, KT, man. Thanks, Go Ball. appreciate it, Chris. And, yeah, thanks for plugging in all your social media. That's a perfect way to start the show. So question one, uh, who told you about Anchor? Hello? Oh, question one, you there? Hey, hey, Kevin, yeah, give me one second, all right? I'm going to plug my headphones in. I'm having trouble hearing. Hold on one second. Hey, no problem. Okay, you there? Yeah, my bad. Okay, okay. okay that's, that's good. I can hear you a lot better. Now, yeah, I had it on speaker. I don't know if they, uh, the anchor interview on speaker works the same as a normal speaker chat, chat does. But, yeah, go ahead. What was the question? No, my bad. Uh, question one was, uh, who told you about anchor? <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, the founder and CEO of VaynerMedia, a.k.a. Gary V. He didn't tell me personally about it, but – listening to his podcast and I was actually in Las Vegas over the summer with my father. We were checking out some NBA summer league action and it always been a dream of us to go together to Las Vegas. It was both our first time in the city. And I remember sitting outside the Luxor hotel. It's the big black pyramid hotel, like trying to be like Egypt out there right across the street from the Mandalay Bay. And I was listening to a podcast. Uh, is it early in the morning? And Gary V had on the, I believe was the CEO and founder of Anchor and was interviewing him as part of his podcast. I think it was an Anchor podcast that had Gary V on or vice versa. I can't exactly remember it, but I've been wanting to go back and listen to it. But anyways, um, Gary V was just preaching on the importance of audio, the importance of podcasting in today's world, taking advantage of day trading attention where people are listening. Also, be audio being something that can save people time. And for myself, I'm, as a sports writer my whole life, and my father as well, we both dabbled in sports radio, traditional radio, you know, going to a local station, being in the booth with the microphones and the soundboard and all that good stuff. And I had done some co-hosting and producing of some local sports talk radio shows in Tampa Bay and here in Southwest Florida, Sarasota, Bradenton area. And um, I've been a, a huge fan of sports talk radio my whole life. Um, JT the Brick with Tom Looney is a nationally syndicated show on, on Fox Sports. It's something I've listened to religiously on and off for the for the past 15 or so years. I used to be a big fan of listening to Jim Rome in the afternoons coming back home from college when I make my commute. So sports radio has been entrenched as a part of my life as someone who's who's been in sports media. And um, it was just kind of made it just kind of made perfect sense. It was like, yeah, like we've been talking about doing a show together for so long. But now this Anchor app is making it so easy for us to do. Like, now we have, now we literally have yeah. no excuses but to finally do it. And then going on it, 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 it what, what amazed me was uh, not only was the Anchor as a tool, but uh, the, the community that it brought with it was like, wow, you can actually build an audience. You can actually build a fan base. You can actually engage with people. People listen. They call in. They comment. You can't do that on a regular podcast on iTunes. You can't do that. Yeah, you can call into a regular sports radio show, but who's listening to AM radio as much as, you know, they used to. So 
kind of with everything that's happening in technology and media, it just kind of made perfect sense. It was like, we got back home. We're like, all right, let's do our first podcast. And what's funny was the first probably 10 or so episodes we did, we didn't record from Anchor. Like we, we thought, that, oh, we, we can't do the short format, the five minutes. It's not going to work. So we would record um, with, with my phone, but then we would take that audio and I would edit it in Final Cut. And then from Final Cut, I would upload it through the Anchor Clipper. So not to get too much into the details here, yeah, but that, that's, that's kind of how, you know, we, we got into this. But then we finally started getting used to the Anchor format, putting out multiple shows a week. And, you know, getting to where, where we are now is just, uh, you know, trying to be daily original sports programming, audio content, you know, for people who are maybe uh, water cooler sports fans, casual sports fans, or hardcore sports fans who just want a different take and a different perspective. Well, that's exactly right. Sometimes you kind of you kind of see the idea and you kind of make it happen, especially with Anchor. It's so accessible and the community is pretty open to whatever, which is great. Absolutely. And I, I've done audio before as a journalist, and I have to say that audio has never been uh, more easy to produce at scale uh, than Anchor. So even without the social network side of it that it brings, without the community, just the Anchor tool alone to record, edit, produce content is just amazing. So props to the Anchor community and the Anchor family, uh, Maya, Brendo, all those lovely people. They, they've made a really awesome product. Um, that's really enabled a lot of people to start living their passions out via podcasts and, and more and just building brands off of that. And it's just the very, 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 very beginning of what Anchor can do and what the audio world is going to be in the future. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely uh, the next future generation of the audio platform, definitely rising from some like, some, like you said, tech space. So it's really uh, it's interesting to see the evolution for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. So question two, and this kind of touched that perfect segue, is what age did you fall in love with just the sports, whether it be playing or just listening to radio shows? Yeah, that's a really good question too, man. Um, I, I have to say, like, since I can re- remember, man, like when I was, you know, when old enough to walk and run around the house, me and my dad would play uh, games of I don't know if you're familiar with what wiffle ball is. It's like the little plastic ball. So it's like little plastic ball and bat. And, uh, you know, like when you hit the ball, there'd be holes in it. So it like kind of whiffles through the air. I guess that's why they call it yeah. that. But anyway, I don't know if people are still familiar with that these days. I know kids are playing with tablets and stuff. So, um, yeah, man, like ever since then, my dad's been a lifelong sports writer, as I mentioned in the Go Baller FFS intro. And, uh, you know, he would always take me with him to games. He'd be covering football games, basketball games. And I would just be his kind of sidekick there, kind of watching. Sometimes I'd help him keep score in the book with baseball games. Uh, we used to cover the uh, Charlotte Rangers down in Port Charlotte uh, when they had their minor league team there. Now the, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays do their spring training there. Uh, and also uh, my stepdad was uh, worked for the Atlanta Braves in Orlando, which is where I wound up growing up for most of my childhood and youth. So I was always at Disney's Wild World of Sports, always uh, mingling with the baseball players there in the equipment room, in the locker room. So it, it was first with my father playing sports together and going with him, and that kind of just made sports was my life. I, I, I played basketball, soccer, baseball, um, but basketball is what stuck with me at a very early age. Right. I would say around eight years old is when I started playing competitively. I wound up doing basketball competitively for a solid 10 years until I was you know 18 out of, out of high school. So uh, basketball is my first love. But sports has been, you know, my true love overall just since I was very little kid. And being able to just do sports a little bit, a lot in my current life right now, I'm 29 years old, so another 10 years past. 
it's just an amazing thing. It's a blessing, and I, I, just, I love doing it, man. So it's, uh, it's something that's always been there for me. There's a great passion to have, too. It's something you love and something you like to do every day, or at least you try to do on a daily basis when you're not grinding. Yeah, and it brings people together, man. Like you, the sports is you can build businesses off sports, and you can build uh, relationships and community. I coach my niece in basketball. And she's 11 years old. She just started playing about a year ago. So whether it's being a coach, I've done volunteer refereeing at the local leagues here. Uh, you know, and, and being involved in sports at all in any capacity is is always a good thing, I think. And you know, you get to preach and teach good sportsmanship, and it, it's just, it's a great way for kids to learn important lessons in life. I used to think it was very cliche when coaches used to tell me that as a kid, but as you get older, you start to see, okay, well, that's why defense is so important. That, that's why hustling is so important yeah. in the game is because when you get to to real life and you're trying to achieve your own goals, you need to do those. You need to play hard defense. You need to hustle hard or else you're not going to get those things. So it's, it's just amazing how those things parallel to life, even as you get older, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's definitely it's like a uh, like a martial – almost like a, kind of like a martial art. You kind of have to know the, the physics of life to get the, the goal you want, just like in the game of basketball. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure, man. So question three is actually a good question. How has your dad just inspired you from, let's say, maybe not so much the sport, but just in life as a, as a father figure? Oh man, that's a even you're getting better with every question that you give me, man. <laughs> you get it hard over here. No, um, no, I, I think um, so. So just re- repeat that one more time. I'm sorry. So, uh, how has your dad inspired you, just from more of like a father figure standpoint? Um, yeah, that's tough. Uh, I I think just throughout my childhood, he was like uh, he was a grinder. Like he would. Uh, yeah, he, he was writing for multiple newspapers as a freelancer and uh, mostly with the Sarasota Herald Tribune, which is where I started my career. That's how I got into the business. Um, and I got a, I got the chance to start writing the weekly uh, sports for kids column. Uh, it was a, a weekly column on Tuesdays. They still comes out now to this day. And you would highlight a, a local team or local athlete that was extraordinary in some type of way. It could have been water polo, could have been equestrian horse racing, it could have been little league baseball. <laughs> Any of those things I've covered throughout the years. Uh, I remember my first interview that I had, and you know I was very very nervous. You know, it's like, what am I doing? I'm 15 years old, about to write an article for the newspaper, right? So I'm kind of like freaking out. And uh, my dad was on the other line of the phone in the same room with me. Um, and when, when I would kind of like have a brain fart or like pause, I, I would, I wouldn't know a question, question to ask to follow up with. Uh, he, he would have it on mute and he would like whisper to me, like, ask them this, like ask them that. So like, um, and then also like growing up, uh, my parents divorced at a very early age and it was hard on me as a kid. I think now looking back, uh, to kind of deal with that, I had a new step family with a whole bunch of new siblings and we lived uh, for the most part, we lived about two hours away. My dad in Sarasota, uh, us in Orlando, which is central Florida. And uh, every all, all year round, my dad would always drive up to come pick me up for basketball games, for practices. He coached my AAU teams uh, from when I was like age 13 to age 17, 18, graduating from high school. Uh, he coached a lot of my rec ball teams. So he was constantly – he went to, took me to the gym all the time to work on jump shots and free throws, and we, we did these free throw competitions together. I won some championships, and we would literally go to the gym and shoot 200, 300, 500 free throws a day preparing for these tournaments. And just, like, all these different examples, like, he very be, being very hands-on and, like, there all the time, like, not just, like, with his – just to sit there, but to actually be, like, there doing it with me, like, gave me confidence and – 
made it more fun. So like now I can take what I learned personally and do it with other people, whether it's my nieces and nephews, you know, my you know brothers and sisters, younger people who need that. Not 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 everybody has that growing up, so I'm very aware. I'm very right. aware of that, and like I'm so appreciative of, of that I had it. So um, I would think just like I don't know what to call of that, but just I guess his dedication to like whatever he was into. Uh, he used to write he uh, for a long period of time, like back when back before the newspaper budget started to go down, uh, you know, and people could just they could yeah. write as much as they wanted to. And he he would he would write hundreds of more articles that than the next sports writer on on the staff at the paper for like many years straight it was just a known thing he would just churn out content left and right uh so like just that grind alone was like something that i always like respected and observed from outside and like so there's many things that i take away just like the focus dedication to to the task at hand is uh something that you know i've definitely taken away in, in more than one way you know with my dad no, that's awesome. That's glad to see you. you kind of looked up to your dad's inspiration too. Even even when the times were tough, you know he still persevered. Definitely embodied in you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just all all the you know love my you know he showed me and my mom showed me in different ways. Even though they were we separated a very when I was very young, um, they continued to show me that you know and it was you know maybe at certain times tough to not have both or you know one or the other, but they were both always there. And I, I can't, I got to give all credit to them for, you know, everything I'm doing now, my mindset and just everything I'm focused on being able to be aware of the things I love and know that I can do those things, um, you know, for a living and just everything like that. It wouldn't be possible without my parents. So it's ultimate like love and respect and uh, kudos to them for everything that I'm doing and everything that I am and trying to be uh, because I wouldn't have the ambitions and goals that I have uh, if it wasn't for them. So that's like the ultimate thing I take away and I'm grateful for. For sure. For sure. But definitely your parents are somebody you should look up to. And just the fact that they put the sacrifice to give you this opportunity, I'm sure it makes you more grateful every day. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. All right. So question four is a cool question too. Is what would you say to a young sports fan or athlete who has to dream to become professional one day? Oh man. Um, I, w- I would say that, that's it's totally fine um one thing that i didn't like growing up as a kid was when people would try to be like oh well you gotta be realistic about things and like like so what like let them dream man like let them get to you know like and then they realize they're not good enough okay whatever like not everyone's gonna make it but um i would say like dream as big as possible don't be afraid to uh don't be afraid to dream big because you, you might people you might be afraid to dream past a certain amount because of someone's opinion or something someone might say. Um, like, don't be afraid of your ambition. Like, don't be afraid to, like, let people know what your ambitions are, even if they're, like, completely gigantic and people say you're never going to achieve it. Like, so what? It's not about achieving every goal or ambition you have. It's just about working towards them and knowing that even if you uh, don't reach all that far, you're going to you're going to go to a certain point. That's really, really good. You know, like the whole metaphor cliche of like you reach for the clouds and you know, you're going to fall, fall on the stars, you know, like it's, yeah, lines the most it's that yeah. same, it's the same mindset. Like I, I always believed in that from a very young age. So I would say that it's two sided in that don't be, be as ambitious as you can, but make sure your actions match your ambition. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you, you can't want to be a baller, uh, NBA player, and just go to the mall and buy like a new headband and socks, and like 
just practice your crossover on the court and you're not like practicing your conditioning, your defense, like, you know, this and that. So if, if your dreams are going to be that big, you got to make sure you're putting in the work like around the clock consistently. Yeah, make sure you remember the fundamentals too, as well. You, you have to because if you don't do that, uh, you can't you can't make it. I mean, you can you can dream it all you want, but if you don't put the work and the hustle in, you won't be able. Yeah. to, you know, you know, expect the realm of possibility. Yeah, and then always be open to uh, criticism. Is like you know, just whether it's a coach or a teammate or someone younger than you, someone older than you, someone who you think might not know as much about basketball or the sport you're playing as as you knew as you know. Um, I would say like that's something I take from everything. Like every time I have a new startup project or business, I'm trying to launch or help. Like I try to really ingrain that in my head is like, take feedback and advice from everybody. Don't have to like do what everyone says. You just have to process it all, digest it all. A few things will stick with you. And a few, exactly. a few things that might never have gotten in your mind without hearing it from someone else. Cause we're already thinking of a million things as it is. So I would say, yeah, just always be open. To, you know, you might have a 98% of your games on point, but then that, that, next two percent might be what what gets you to the next level you know i mean i've I've covered athletes from little league i've I've covered athletes who have been in little league and i've seen them go to the major leagues and i've seen uh, some of those ones that made it to the majors weren't anything in little league um i've seen athletes who were in like you know uh, uh pop warner football little league baseball who were huge like they were the best the best the best they barely made it through college because they just you know took things for granted they didn't work hard enough at it so it's not just you're all, you always got to work at it. I think you see the best, the best in professional sports at the end of the day are always the ones who work the, the hardest and the most consistent at it. You know, not only that, sometimes it's not where you start. You may start well, but you know, you don't have the adversity sometimes. Sometimes when you start, you know, kind of slow with adversity, you can always work your way and have that progression as you move up to the. I race. mean, talking about basketball, the perfect example of that to me is uh, Michael Beasley. Like he was like the number one recruit in the country for like years going from high school into college. Uh, was the one and done at Kansas State, uh, number, yeah. number two draft pick, and like was a he was a bust. And now, like ten years later, he's like starting a ball for the Knicks, like after playing overseas or wherever he went. And it's like I think he finally realized how to take criticism and how to work. And he he realized like he couldn't coach. People can coast. Like there's a very small percentage of people who can coast uh, in college and in the pros. But after a while, it, it you take that hit, you got to bounce back from it. So. Um, it's never over. You got to keep, keep working at it, man. You know, it's like the grind never stops. You got to enjoy the grind part of it though. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Perfect. The craft hone in on it for sure. Exactly. Sometimes you think you got it and then you realize up oh, some will hit you right in the face. You got to restart kind of like just refresh and get back at it right again. Come back. And it's not how you, it's not how you, uh, it's not how you, you stay. It's how you fall and get up. Once you fall and get up, you'll be back. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And just always know that that anytime you're not working at it, someone else is, so you got to be competitive too. Like, mm-hmm. Be competitive in a good way, not that you want that person to lose, but, like, okay, like, that person's going to do this. They're working hard. They're in the gym. Like, I got to work harder so I can beat that person when it comes down to it. But, you know, you and that other person or the the hundreds of others who are doing it, you guys can all succeed at the same time. Um, and just, yeah, man, I think, like, that that mindset of, like, anytime you're not working at it, you got to think somebody else is. And, like, you got you to gotta embrace that mindset. That's something, I you know, I learned from Michael Jordan growing up. And it applies to every single thing you're doing in life that you have a passion or goal for is like, you're not in the office. You're not putting in those time that, that time on social media for business or on the phone that you should be like somebody else is, and you don't want them to pass you up. You know, that's as simple as that. You got, you got to stay, you got to stay well-rounded and well, uh, well-minded others around you. Exactly. Sometimes if you don't, if you lose that competitive spirit, 
you won't be able to put the time in the work because you feel like, oh, it's time's passed. But you realize it's every day. You got to remember you have the opportunity to make it happen. Yes, if it's something you're passionate about, for sure. Yeah, because if you're not passionate about it, it's hard to put in the work for yeah. it. Exactly, exactly. So question five, this is a good question. How is really, not even so much Anchor, but just the audio world, how, how have you embraced that over the past couple months? Um, I, I think uh, the, I was listening to podcasts regularly uh, for the last couple years. And I would say regularly. I don't, I don't mean every single day. Um, there's a few, like, right. the, like the starters, like for the NBA. Like I love them. Like for basketball, they, they keep it funny, but also serious at the same time. Uh, yeah. I mentioned uh, JT the Brick. He's not a podcast. He's he's a nationally syndicated sports talk radio host that has a they they put the, the live show into a podcast the next day. You know that good stuff. Um, and like so, it was kind of like more from the traditional like media side. Like um, I, I think that audio like for me is like starting to like really embrace like short form audio because at the end of the day, you got to, you got to respect people's time, man. Like if, you know, you can't just like put out an hour long podcast just because you want to get all your shit into it. You know, like you got to be respectful of people's time, like taking the time to edit it down to what people need and what, what's going to bring people value is the key. So like whether you're uh, giving a shout out to someone, whether you're, you know, leaving a call in on anchor, like whether you're posting your own content, like, just be 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 mindful of like the, this person if they if they're gonna listen to you like that means they're all the other things in the in the day in the world like they chose you to give their time to like to me that is like such a humbling thing so it keeps me always thinking of like how can you know it's not always how can you make it shorter but it's like how can I respect people's time and give them the most value for the time they're giving me if they're giving me one minute if they're giving me five minutes I got to make sure I'm bringing it I got to make sure I'm bringing energy. I gotta make sure I'm, I'm a, you know, a good host, a good co-host. I'm, I gotta make sure I'm a good producer. So I, I just think kind of just like keeps me like mindful of, now that I'm doing it myself. Um, it just makes you think like, wow, uh, the phone has brought back audio, like because the radio was the one thing everyone did back when my dad was a kid before there was even TVs in the house. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but it's the same thing. So it's just the, the power of the phone and, and the technology of the phone has made old things popular again because now it's in a new format. So I think the fact anybody could do it now is just amazing. But back then you had to get a contract from a radio show. You re relied on like two people to either put you on or not put you on. Now you can put yourself on and just grind and, and make an audience out of it. And I think that, uh, you know, that's the great thing that Anchor does is, like, even if you're not posting to iTunes or other places, you can still engage and build a community, get fans, listen to other people, like, learn from the content they're putting out. So it's just a lot of great things all in one from Anchor. And I think just that's, like, a great layer on top of everything that's come in the past. Podcasts were big a few years back and still are. Um, you know, traditional radio was big before that, even bigger. So... It's just, it's not like one's going away and the next one's replacing it. It's like, this is all a part of the audio world. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see like the Alexa stuff with the Alexa, yeah. Alexa skills and all that. And like, Gary V talks about it a lot. I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around how it can be practical for what I'm doing and what my, my father and I are doing. But I think that's another very exciting thing. Kind of like the next thing to come in, in audio, you know? Yeah, it's definitely evolving. Like it seems like it's evolving a mile a minute. It's crazy how, technology for if you just think 20 years ago i'm sure how it's changed and now it's you know evolved into this where you can pretty much do it 
You can only, you don't have to do it in you know your house anymore. You don't have to do it. You can do it anywhere, which is is incredible in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a I did a show. I got to post as a podcast episode. I did a segment. Uh, a few. I might, actually, you know, I might have done it as a podcast. I got to check now. I'm not sure. But I did a, a interview with my Uber driver when I landed in New York. Oh, yeah. a few weeks back. Yeah. And, like, it was something I just did on the fly because I, I got in the car and he had sports talk radio on. And I'm like, wait. I was like, I really want to know this guy's story. And then it's like, wait, instead of me just talking to him, and then I'm like, I want to I I share this. I want to share this with other people. I think they think it's cool. So, you know, I just wound up recording, I think, like, five to ten minutes with the guy. His name's Gurdip. He's he the best Uber driver I ever had in my life. And, um, yeah, man, so, like, just little things like that. Like, being more mindful of, like, how you can like convert like even before traditional radio, it was uh, people by the by the fireside telling stories. So it's like storytelling's been there. It's like the most basic form of communication in like human society. So this is just another version of it, you know. Well, that's exactly that's exactly it. I think because we have that ability to talk to now anyone in the world too, with the you know accessibility. They don't even have to have the app. You can just talk to them, you know, straight up like that, like in a live, kind of like a live face-to-face. And you can just put your phone right next to you, hey, talk to them in the mic. And they don't even know it sometimes. It's great. It's, it's very mindful. It's very, uh, it's, very, it's very compatible. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, he, he, got, he, got, he got excited when I told him I was going to put him on the podcast. <laughs> it was like he got his first interview. Like, I'm sure, you know, he was like, we kept in touch after that. Like, we exchanged numbers and stuff. So, like, it's just like a new experience for him. And like, oh, I'm going to check I've had a lot of people now, like, they ask me, like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I show them the podcast, uh, Go Baller FFS, and they wind up downloading Anchor and listening. They, they find out content about stuff they never knew even was out there, like, my, whether it's my stepsister listening to makeup stuff, um, you know, my, my brother's sister, my other brothers and sisters, they get, you know, motivational business stuff, whatever it is that they're into. But uh, Anchor has so so much content, and it's like, whatever you're interested Endless. whatever you're interested yeah. in, like, you can find multiple great stations putting out consistent content i think that's really cool yeah it's endless it's endless out here for sure for sure so question number six is a, a cool one other than your current job if you could kind of go back in time or even now if you would change it what would be your dream job or is this your dream job right now <laughs> that's another good question um man yeah that, that's i don't i don't know I, I used to always i used to always feel like i needed an answer for that um like before it was like oh like the logical thing when i was a kid was i was a sports writer for the local newspaper so i was like oh well my dream job is to be new york times or espn writer and uh, or like oh like one actually the one thing that like was with me when i was a kid that actually really was like probably the most thing i was passionate about was i wanted to be a nationally syndicated sports talk radio host just like jim Rome, just like jt the brick and um I like I I never had that in like with in the audio like I did with the newspaper and and uh, digital media so I I kept going down the path I was because I was like I didn't keep building up my resume my portfolio all those quote unquote smart things you're supposed to do and um, I think like once I got to grad school I decided to continue journalism I was thinking about leaving the industry of media altogether like going into law school like I'd been taking LSATs and stuff this was back when I was like. 23 i was like a year or two out of undergrad i'd gotten my ba in communications from the university of south florida in tampa and just to give that little backstory but i was like really thinking like man this journalism industry is dying all my college professors are telling me that uh like you need to get out of this like why are you majoring in journalism like i had college teachers telling me that like i'm like whoa 
Um, and I had already been doing it for almost like 10 years. So I felt like I had to do it in college too, to get like that cert certification, so to speak, to add to my experience. And, uh, after I got out of there, like, I remember telling one of my old professors, like, yeah, you know, I finally made the decision. I was like, I'm going to go to grad school for journalism. And it was, he like looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, I don't think, I, he's like, I don't think you should do it. He's like, and I, I don't think uh, you'd be good at it. He's like, it was hard enough for you to get through undergrad. Cause like, I was like, I was the one to always turn in my assignment last, the one to show up to class a little bit late. Cause I was commuting 45 minutes back and forth. But it was really because, like, I wasn't, like, really motivated or challenged by it. It just seemed, like, so easy. So I was just – I would always – and the funny thing is, like, yeah, I'd be the last person to turn in a piece of work, but it would always be, like, the highest graded work in the class. So, like, I, I was, like, one of those. Like, I was, like, oh, I'd get the best grades, but the worst attendance, <laughs> you know, kind of, yeah. so, so, so to speak. Um, and what, so all that saying is because when I got to New York for grad school, I thought I'd know – I thought I knew so much about media – and about what I wanted to do. And I was just like slapped in the face by New York city. Like I just, just really was like, Oh my gosh. Like I didn't know buildings were this tall. I didn't know so many people could walk on a street on a given you know day. It was like, I didn't know all this business and activity was going on. I've been in my little shell in Florida with Orlando and Sarasota and all the different places I've lived in Florida. It's kind of like its own world paradise out there. And I was like, oh, man, like I was the first time I went was in 2012 to visit with my, my stepbrothers, uh, his grandfather at the time at a place in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. And I was just I actually went up there to go uh, to go to my orient, uh, orientation and visit a few law yeah. schools I was considering. So all this is going to say I finally got through grad school. I went there 2013, 2014. I got into this fellowship program called the Town Knight Center for Entrepreneurial Journalism. And it was basically how to launch your own media startup. And I had an idea for a sports app and, that I wanted to launch called Go Baller. Uh, and I, well, I hadn't even had the name at that point. I was, you know, the first name I had was Baller, but Baller.com was taken by some lawyer that started a business in the mid-90s. So I, could, I couldn't get that URL. So I was like, what can I do? I was like, oh, Go Baller. Finally, months later, came up with that. And um, just like that was like kind of the, the first thing in my life that I was actually like real passionate about doing, not just what I felt like I should be doing. You know, it's like starting off as a journalist at a very young age. Like, how do I keep this progression going? How do I take it to the next step, next step? Not like, oh, like if I have to take a step backwards, it's going to be bad. Uh, so with this, I was like, man, I want to I do my own thing. Like, I'm creating content all the time. Like, I want to do it on my own terms. Uh, I want to build my own thing, uh, not have to rely on editors to tell me what my final product's going to look like. So it was kind of a combination of all those factors. And I, I would have to say now, like, my only dream job is that just to live on my own terms, you know? And I'm like, right, right. it's like not have to work for anybody else, obviously is part of that, but it's more or less like being able to do my own thing around what I'm passionate about. And that's like my ultimate dream job is to do that and then be able to provide for my future family from that and build a legacy on top of that for my family and for myself. And, uh, that's, that's, that's my dream job, man. Like, that's like my dream life. You know what I mean? Is to be able to live my life around my passions. So I don't look at work as a lot of other people do. Uh, like work is something that I love to do. So you can have a job to help you make ends meet and that's all good, but I don't have a dream job for working for anybody else. Like my only dream uh, job or the only job I would even like to have right now in full disclosure, is working for VaynerMedia and getting closer to Gary and his people and the culture they're creating. And, you know, if, well, right. if, you know it's like that's, that's, just, that's it. Like that's as simple as it is for me because I'm very passionate about what he's doing. 
and I consume a lot of his content and put my time into it to really learn. So whether it's that, whether it's hip hop, whether it's sports, the things that I'm very passionate about, basketball, et cetera, like if I can somehow combine all those things into like what I'm doing, what I'm doing, what project or projects I'm working on, like that's it. Like that's, that's all I need. Cause, cause the, cause the, the more time you put into it, the more grind, the more focus, the more effort you get, you get more money in the, in, in the long term. You know, you can't always worry about like whether you start something, if it doesn't make a certain amount in the first month or the first year, it does, it didn't work. So you got to really like have like really hardcore patience with everything. Uh, because if you don't, it, you won't think the way you're supposed to think and how to build something. So I had a free sports app go baller for, you know, a year and a half. And then finally when investors started saying no to me after I'd gotten investments for them early on, I thought I was absolute failure. And I thought I was like, man, like I can't do this. I thought I was supposed, if, if it's going to work, it's got to be the first idea or the first company. Um, you know, what, why, why is it, why is it me? Why am I not getting what I, what I want or what I need? Uh, I, I put my whole like self-esteem and self-worth was like predicated on the amount of investment dollars I could raise. And at the time it was zero. So you can imagine how I felt about myself when I was living yeah. in this towards the end of the time I was living in Cleveland. And I went back home and got a job and I, you know, worked a job as I was digital director for a top marketing agency uh, here in Florida. And I did that for almost two years. And what I realized at the end of that was I was more, I was un, unhappier there than I was even doing my own thing. Uh, and when things had, you know, been struggling to, you know, to say the least. So just kind of like th learning these things over the last few years, like finally getting out of the whole college school grind and like figuring out what you're going to do on your own time is um, it's been a big learning lesson, but like, it's something you always have to be aware of like how you feel and like how you're going about things. So not, not to give you like a long winded answer, man, that's like, that's the best like answer I can give you is that like a lot of times people ask, uh, will ask a question and like, I, I don't believe in the question. You should, you should do what makes you happy and you always have to make ends meet. That's a given. If, if you're passionate about making a lot of money, then find a job or something that makes you a lot of money. If you're passionate about building your own stuff, you got to know that money's not going to be there right off the bat um, unless it's a very, very small percentage of people that get that right, right at the beginning. So, you know, learning from the startup thing of like having a company where you're raising, you know, $50,000 and then building an app um, compared to like getting a paycheck for, you know, $5,000, you know, every so often, it's just, you know, there, there's a huge difference there. So, I've learned that money and the and, and the that 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 type of value just isn't important to me as it used to be, and uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs who get into it, <coughs> they might struggle. Excuse me, they might yeah. struggle. They might struggle because they're they're putting all their thoughts into where they have to have the watch or the car, or you know they have to get the hundred thousand dollar investment, or they gotta get the influencer partnership or promotion. But if they don't get it, then what are they gonna do next? Like. I used to like have a hard time dealing with the concept of like failing a thousand times to get the one victory you need. And like now I've really been able to embrace that and appreciate it, that it's not about the, the results at the end. It's about the, the journey before that. And you have to, you have to value that more in order to be happy doing this type of thing. So well, that, that's exactly it. Sometimes no matter what you do at the end of the day, whether you, whether you uh, win or lose, how much you put into it and how much you, you know, want to make it happen. That's the real, that's the real answer. Not so much, you know, if you won or lost, it's how you put the time and how you put the work in. All it takes is one, right? All it takes is the power of one and you never know where I could lead you.
Yeah, and and just like to, to finish up with that is that I was telling my uh, I was telling my brother the other day I was I was like he's like oh well, wins losses failures success I was like I don't think that uh, any of those even exist I think those are just words we put in our mind we've been ingrained in society to think what's a win what's a loss like to me there's no wins or losses the only win is you doing what you're supposed to do and what make what feels right and the losses are just perceived by other people, you know, like questions and doubts and fears that they have. So you can't put the win predicated on money or predicated on attention or fame. Like it has to be just the grind of you always putting in the work. Cause if you do that and you're even slightly good enough, like you're going to be more than okay. You know what I mean? Well, that's exactly it. I think the key is there's no win or loss anymore. It seems like the only thing you have to do is learn. I think that's the key. Just, exactly. be, a, just be a student of the game or a student of life because that's it. The more you learn, the more power to you because you're not really asking for a win. You're just asking them to keep learning, and that's a power in its own self. Exactly. That's, that's why, you know, you get so excited about failures because failures teach you so much more than, quote, unquote, successes. Then you start to realize, well, wait, if the failure is going to teach me more, isn't the failure a win? Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, holy shit, like, did that just, that just happen? You know, like, then your whole mindset reverses, and most people think you're crazy, but you know you're good because you, you're firmly rooted in that. Yeah, you build momentum off of, well, not so much a failure, just built off of learn. And you just build off, you build off the loss or, or, you know, the learning process more than if you build off the success. Because the success, right. the success, now you think you got, you can stay like that, but in reality, you have to keep developing success. You can't just stay at one level of success. But when you fail, it should only go upwards because now you know what to do and you won't make the same mistake. Yeah, you just use the no's. It's the, it's the no's and the yeses. Like, but the no's can often be way more valuable than any yes can. So it's, it's, that, it's crazy how that works out. You just got to like always like, you know, just like Gary says, and I'll say it again here, is like pull from opposite directions. Like take your no's very seriously because they're going to motivate you to put in the extra grind you know, take the yes with a grain of salt because you don't want that to make you fancy or comfortable with where you're at. You always want to focus on the long-term goal, not just the short-term yes or the short-term no. So, yeah, I agree with that 100%, man. For sure, for sure. All right, so switching a little bit of uh, little gears here is uh, question seven. What was one athlete you looked up to growing up? Kind of a light question here. Yeah, man. Honest, Honestly, like it, Kobe Bryant Kobe. was like – yeah, like, Jordan was always there. Like, actually, you know, it's funny. I was in the uh, Kobe more when I was really young. Uh, but as I got older, I, I got more into Jordan just because, like, how can you not respect and love, like, what that guy did? Um, like, his whole story of getting cut as a sophomore in high school from his, you know, varsity team and then making it and, you know, not being the number one pick. It's all the different, uh, you know, things that he had to, was counted out against. Um, Kobe was just like, man, when I was growing up, I was getting into like, you know, early, early adulthood or early adolescence, you could say. And, uh, it was Kobe and Iverson. That's all it was in basketball, man. I'm sure you remember that time where oh, uh, yeah. Kobe Ryan and Allen Iverson was all the NBA was. It was awesome. I loved it when those two were on top. Um, my, me and my stepbrother shared a room at the time growing up in Orlando. We had, a, you know, six kids in the house. So we, we had a Brady Bunch type of step family thing going on. And, uh, his half of the wall was uh, covered in Allen Iverson pictures that he would print <laughs> off. That he would print off the computer. That's when you would print pictures off the computer, cut them out with scissors, and then use either like uh, thumb thumbtacks or tape to put them on the wall. And then I would do the same thing, but with Kobe Bryant pictures. So we literally made our own collages. I had Kobe Bryant on mine. He had Allen Iverson on his. We would buy the respective shoes for each player. 
And yeah, man, it's like, I was just like, so like the way he played at the young age, Kobe Bryant number eight was like, just amazing. Like everything he could do, like the potential was like crazy. And it was funny is like, he actually got better as a player, like as his athleticism went down, because it like forced him to adapt. And there was like a few years, like in between those two careers, where he was like, just completely on top of his game, like ridiculous, like dropping 81 points on the Raptors. And I'm just this by by, by the way, I'm not a Lakers fan at all. Like, I've never heard of the Lakers <laughs> my entire life. I just respect when respects do, you know. So he was my favorite player, my all-time favorite basketball player growing up from everyone I've seen as a kid, Paul Pierce. The all truth, day, the hands truth. down. The truth, baby. Oh, man, yeah, that's a great, some great people to look up to. I mean, I, I, I respect all the greats. You know, Kobe, MJ, Iverson, they're all great because they all had they all had a mentality to them that they didn't care who and what the position was. They wanted that. They wanted the pressure. They wanted the clutchness. That's how they had the genes in life, for sure. Yeah, no, that's 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 a really good point. No, I I just think the same thing. I, one of the most the, the most memorable game in my childhood was Game One of I think it was the two thousand or two thousand one NBA Finals when the Sixers played the Lakers and it was Kobe Shaq versus Iverson, and the the Lakers were undefeated fifteen and zero or sixteen and zero up to that point. They had won every game in the playoffs and they lost Game One to Iverson. That was the infamous crossover stepping over Teron Lou in overtime. And the Lakers won four straight and blew them out after that. But just that one game, man, because I'm, I'm always a fan of the underdog when it comes to play. So even though I had the pictures of Kobe on my wall, I was rooting for the Sixers because they were the underdog in the game. So, yeah, man, it's like that. It's crazy how that works. I, I've watched that game so many times, like, since, since it's happened. You know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll just, like, if I want to watch, like, TV or, like, spend, take a little break you know, or watch something real quick, I'll throw on, like, an NBA classic game. Like, there's, there's like, nothing better than that to me. Oh, yeah, no, those, those can't beat the classics, too. It's just more – it seemed like it was more – it just seemed like more fun. It's just more action, not so much uh, uh, the refs getting involved. It was just, like, it was a hardcore basketball at the finals for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a question, Dave. It's a great question, actually. Has perspective of life changed when you deal with some of the people who just have tried to bring you down? And now, let's say to now, where you're kind of more okay with it and just kind of let it go. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, we spoke about it a little bit before we got on the interview, but uh, you know, it's amazing once you become like aware about it, right? Like that it bothers you, and then you gotta like ad- you gotta admit it to yourself that it does. And then that frees you up to actually start, like, noticing it and not reacting anymore. So I think, like, the first thing would be not reacting to what other people say. Um, Because, like, reacting is the first way of showing that, you know, you care too much about what they think. And, like, even even if your actions won't map to what they think, just letting it bother you is, like, takes energy uh, and effort away from the things that matter. So, man, I've had really good friends that I thought were my ride or die boys, like from back in high school or even earlier before. And, you know, the fact is in life, like things change and like, you, you, you gotta like, you got you gotta like surround yourself with people who are going to make you happy and make you feel good. Like simple as that. Right. Um, and it, you know, there might be exceptions here and there with family members that, that you love and that you want to be there for, but it doesn't mean you have to have them around you all the time. And I think, like, distancing yourself from that uh, in a respectful way is, like, the only way to really go about it. Um, And that's something I've done personally just in the last year uh, since I've gotten back into running my business again 
is uh, whether it's a best friend from high school, whether it's a family member, whether it's a parent or an elder, um, to not just like, not only just distance yourself from it, but make sure that you don't let that bother you. Even like you can't leave with like a bitter feeling or resentment. Oh, I didn't say something or, you know, whatever, like you, that's, you, then, then you should say something. But in, in the, in the, in that case, I'm like, really not caring what other people think. Like you can't because you got to live life on your own terms. And I would say for 99.9% .9 of people who are even thinking about being happy, they're going to be happy for the right reasons. So you have to be selfish in order to be selfless. Right. So that's like something that I believe in a hundred percent from Gary V's mantra is that it's just being selfish to be selfless. So like you need time to work on the things you need to work on in order to better handle the adversity and the negativity from other people that they're going to throw at you. And as you continue to grow in life, you're going to get more of that and more of that, and more of that, because as time goes on, there's more and more people who don't do the things they want to do. So then the, the, the army of bitter, salty people on earth grows in the masses with time, you know, at, at all ages. So like you're going to be, and as you continue to grow on the other side, you're going to continue to want get attention from more of those people. So uh, as you, as you grow and keep doing what you want to do, just know that there's going to be even more people throwing darts, throwing darts and throwing shade at you. And you, you got to like, yeah, you care about what you care about it, but you can't let it like you down. Change, you can't let it bring you down. And like, you can't even let it linger at all. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, is that, that's the thing is like, even letting, even letting so, something someone says bother you for more than like a minute is like, a, it's wasting your time, you know? So like just thinking about it in that sense, like some, and then even if you say so you do get upset about it for more than a minute or for however long or whatever, like be admit to yourself that it bothered you and then figure out what you're going to do to like improve yourself in that area to where you're not going to, you're not going to care as much, you know, like I think we fall into these traps of having to explain things to each other and having to like, Oh, well you have to explain your point of view or have to explain your action. I'm done explaining myself to people, man. Like, you know, if my, if my mom or my dad comes at me with a question, like I'll probably answer that <laughs> out of respect to them. But, uh, man, like get out of the business of explaining yourself to other people. And that is to me is like one of the best steps of like becoming truly self-aware and just relying on yourself and not other people's opinions. Cause I think that I, I, I like many other people that uh, were, were programmed to think that way growing up. And uh, getting out of that as quick as you can, the, the sooner the better, you know? No, you have, you're absolutely right. You have to program. It's kind of like with the, with the negativity. You have to program to not even have a memory at all when it comes to that stuff. Just, you know, let someone say it, it kind of goes, whoop, right over you. Just let here, here's the, here, Yeah, here's the thing is that, like, you get to this point, uh, like this balance in your mind where you, it's empathy. Like, mm -hmm. I, I struggle to even know what it meant. Like, I, like – googled the word like a few times like when i heard gary v say it because i'd barely heard it before him um and like it even took me a while even after reading the definition to like what is that like what does that really mean because it's like uh you, even when you define something with words it's still kind of hard to understand and then uh you get somebody that trolls you and or like what it could be a family member or friend or someone on twitter that trolls you right i've had this all happen to me in the last month and uh it's like you have to understand that, like, at some point you trolled somebody in the past. And, like, why did you troll that person? It's because you were insecure or unhappy about something that was going on that you saw. And you had to push that 
fear and insecurity onto that person via trolling or via negativity or however you want to call it, shade, bitterness, saltiness, whatever. So Mm -hmm. the next time someone comes at you with negativity or any type of trolling like that, you got to think like, you got to feel bad for them. Like, like not, not in a bitter way, not in like, oh, I feel bad for you because I'm better than you. Or like, you know, it's like, oh, like, no, this something might be going on in this person's life that happened the way that when they were a kid, it might have happened that day or the day before. Who knows? Like, but it's obviously bothering them so bad enough to like take the time out of their life to try to throw something at you. Like, you need to just like take whatever they throw at you and then just like give it back to them with a with a warm heart and and nice. You know, like, or just ignore it at all if, you, if they're just going to keep throwing it at you time and time again. You can give people chances, but yeah, I would say like that. That's that's the number one thing that I've taken out is that you really got to like think about like why this person's saying it. It's because they got their own problems going on. They got some serious problems going on, and you can't take it personally. You know, right? Right. You could it's as simple as that. Right. You gotta just kind of have to. You kind of have to be like a class act every time. It's like you know, gotta you know see what what's maybe they're having problems. Maybe just you know helping them out by either a doing the right thing for yourself. They're really bothering, of course, ignoring you. But maybe just opening up and saying you want to discuss what's going on here. Like even just a little discussion of just a little emoji and just saying, all right, whatever, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I, I would say that it's not even about, like, being don't, – no, don't think of it as, like, being a class act because then you're like, oh, I keep being a class act and, you know, whatever. Like, it's just literally, like, if that person is hitting you up with negativity or trolling you or some something along those lines, it's not a matter of if they have a problem. It's that they do yeah. have a problem. The only, the only if is how big that problem is. So – you know, because we've all done it in some type of way. Like no human being has gone through their lives and not been bitter or mad or upset with something they shouldn't have been. Yeah, exactly. So put yourself in when you were the dick, you know, when you were the asshole and then like, and then reverse engineer it and say, okay, well I did it because of this. This person's probably doing it because X, Y, Z. Like, so why am I going to take it personally? You know, like, so you've already been in that situation before, you know, hmm. I did just like, it's just the best way. And you like, look out for yourself. Like, do you want to be upset? Do you want to spend time feeling bad? Like feeling uneasy, feeling mad, weird, whatever it is. Like, nah, you want to like feel good the rest of the day. Like just let it roll off and just focus on like the 90% of things that are great and good in this world. Exactly. Exactly. Just let the, it's kind of like the 90, 10, 90, 10 ratio, you know, 90% is what you react 10% of the life what gives you. It's just interesting. It's just an interesting concept. So for sure, that's some great advice to just, you know, hone in on the positive things rather than kind of focus on the negative that could bring you down or even just, you know, bug you for sure. Yeah. Just like you said with the ninety ten, the way I've heard that before is I can't remember where, but it's like, yeah, like everything's ninety ten, So 90% is positive, 10% is negative, but, but 90% of the people focus on the 10% that's bad. And then 10% of people focus on the 90% that's <laughs> yeah. good. So it's just yeah. It's usually it's usually how it goes. And if you can just if you can do it for yourself and just be an example, like don't even tell people to do it that way. Just you do it all the time, so, yeah. and then people see it and they do it. Like the worst way to try to get somebody to do something is by telling them to do it. Exactly. Just show. Just show. Don't even worry about the words. Just go. Show and go. That's yeah. It. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So question number nine. This is a kind of tying in with some of the recent negativity events in the world. Do you see sports as a positive influence? Because I know we've had a lot of things happening in the sports world where, you know, we had uh, protests with National Anthem. We've had, you know, riots and whatnot. Do you see sports as a good outlet to kind of use as a peacemaker rather than kind of a troublemaker? 
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that it's it's whatever you perceive it to be. As a fan, if you think sports is negative, it's because you have a negative lens on. There's there's a million things positive that sports brings. Um, you know, wh- whether it's with the NFL, the NBA, with international sports. I mean, the fact that sports brings countries, races, genders together, like in so many different ways, I think it'll always be a positive thing, just like with social media, you can look at that as like a negative or it's, it's, it's whatever you make it as, you know? So, um, yeah, I I just think, I just think that goes for sports. It goes for media. It goes for social media. It goes for everything. I mean, I think, yeah, like I think the one thing that people make the mistake of doing is expecting athletes to be role models to their kids. Uh, I mean, you know, they don't, they don't have to be, they don't want to like, that's their decision. So you as a parent, you need to make that call before you let your kid, you know, start idolizing or romanticizing that they want to be like some person they know nothing about. Um, you can still like be a fan of what that person does in the sport, but taking anything beyond that, I think would be a mistake unless you actually like know what they're about. I mean, there's a lot of guys who are really good role models in sports. Don't get me wrong, but to think that everyone should be or is, is obviously not true. So, you know, Charles Barkley said that before he's very correct. Uh, in saying it, it's something that a lot of people don't want to say. I, mean, I think it's a mistake that a lot of parents make is they let their kids like think they want to be too much like a certain person. And, you know, you can be a fan and use like what they do as like motivation for achieving your goals. But, you know, it just all depends on the player. It depends on the fan's perspective. Like one, one fan could see one player acting out as a fool and then automatically assume that all athletes are stupid or dumb or not good role models. So it's like you can't it's it's there's never any like absolute on either end. Yeah, you, know? you can't you can't really generalize. You have to pretty much stay open minded to if you if you are, you know, making that choice to look for look uh, to look up to people as a parent or or just even in general, even as a kid, let's say you're even in high school and you look up to people, you gotta realize that they don't have any rights to be a role model. They gotta do their own thing too and make a living. That's exactly right. No, yeah, no profession or industry has the right to be a role model or like be cast as one. Like I, I even like something as simple as your teacher. Like your teacher doesn't have to be exactly. a role model. They're, they're to teach you a subject, and if you take more out of that, that is then great. Like just like with the athlete, man. Like you know, like doesn't matter whether it's a college professor, a high school teacher, or like a, a coach, like. I understand coach should, you know, should strive to be a, a good role model, I think, in certain ways. But the coach has got their own problems, too. So I, I think it's, yeah, it's just all about, like, you know, knowing who that person is, right, right. whether no matter no matter what they're doing. Some athletes become role models after they after their careers are over and vice versa. Some some athletes are role models while they're playing. And then once their career ends, their life goes in a downward spiral. And it's like, so you, you see it all the time happening from, uh, from both ways. It's a mixed bag. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, you just have yeah. to, just have to live with it and make your own choices at the end of the day. That's what it boils down to. Exactly. I, I saw, I saw somebody on Instagram posting earlier today. Uh, and it's one of those like no, screenshots. Yeah. I don't even know where they got the information from. It was about Jordan and how Michael Jordan, uh, sued a grocery store for making an ad congratulating him from getting into the hall of fame. And the person who posted the picture was like, see, this oh. is why I never liked Jordan and will never buy a pair of his shoes. I'm like, man, if I wasn't doing business with you, I would unfollow you in a heartbeat. But I'm just going to keep this post and save it so I can at some point bring it up to you and say that you shouldn't be that bitter about something like that. It's you so know, little. like, it's yeah. just like, 
yeah, it's so petty. Like, you know, like, if you think like that, like, you need to reconcile with yourself before blasting it out to IG. Man. It's just like a just a small example of how every single person, with, no matter how big a role model they may be to one person, might, considered, might be considered, like, the devil or the enemy by another yeah. person. You there's, know? there's really no true answer to that. It's really perspective of the person, exactly. exactly. Right. All right, so question 10 is a great question. Is uh, What are your goals in the next five years, whether it be your anchor, your personal work, or just your, your, your company, your, and go baller? Yeah, man, that's, that's, an, that's a really good question. My, my goals really are just to keep uh, improving my patience, right. uh, my empathy towards other people, towards myself, uh, to accept my flaws and my strengths for what they are, and to work on both. Um, to help to try to be as good as a role model through my actions and not my words. Uh, and I just feel extremely confident that if I continue to work on those things, that everything else will fall into place. Um, I mean, that, that's, that's my goal. I mean, I want, I want to build a huge company uh, in, in, in digital media it, around storytelling, something that I've done since I was a little kid when I was, before I could even write. Uh, when I was a little kid, my, uh, my mom and my dad would read me books at night. Uh, I'm sorry. Instead of reading me books at night, I would tell them stories <laughs> that I wanted to write and they would write them down for me because I didn't know how to write yet. So I, I was like a natural storyteller. Like that was my passion from being a little kid. And for, from when I was age 15 to age 25, like the avenue I took to tell stories was journalism and newspapers and media and getting introduced to New York City and the entrepreneurial life and the digital life and everything that's come with technology has, like, said, man, I can be a storyteller in, like, all these different formats that are new trends, new places where people are putting their attention. So, yeah, I want to keep – I obviously want to keep working on all that and keep getting better with every piece of content, every project I put out. But I feel like it's all, it's all mindset at the end of the day. I think everyone's goal in life is to be happy, but it's like how – but what is the definition of being happy to me? It's just being okay with everything that comes along. You know, like there is no bad, there is no good. There is no failure, success, win or loss. Like you get yeses, you get noes, you show love, you get love. And I, I, I want to give, I want to give more than what I asked for, like in return, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like just, these are all like more like mindset, like philosophy things. A lot of them have been amplified by listening to Gary V's message I'll continue to say that because you know, I consume his content on a regular basis and uh, it's really helped. Like I, I knew absolutely nothing about business before I launched my company, zero about business, except for like six months in my grad school learning about uh, media startups, you know? So like there's so much to learn, like whether it's me now or in 10 years and five years and 15 years, uh, as long as you just keep working on yourself and your mindset of getting to where you need to be, being healthy physically and mentally right. and making sure my family is as physically and mentally healthy as possible. Like that's like really my goals. And I'm, I'm just confident everything else will, will play out how it needs to play exactly. out. Exactly. I mean, just sometimes self-improvement, just the physically and mentally developing yourself and, and really just honing in on those, you know, philosophical, philosophical traits. And even, you know, you said you, you started from basically no business mindset or skills. And now look where you are, and I'm assuming in, in the past five years, I'm sure you've grown as a person as well. 
Yeah, man, that's definitely have, and even in just in the last year, last year, sometimes I forget like what I was like mentally like five years ago. There was always there's always good things. There's always things that need to be worked on. Um, but I think like just strengthening, solidifying the good things I had and making them great, making the bad things better, eventually good right. and great. You have everything like in one place together mentally. Like that's where like you need to go. Um, and then yeah, man, like. Besides that, I would I would just say that uh, you know the the only real like goal is just to keep doing what I'm doing now. Like you know, it's just stay keep working around my passions. My passions could change tomorrow. They could change tonight. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. And, and, I, and I just got to adapt to it and just keep keep going because I feel like that's the only way I'm ever really motivated is if I'm doing something around my passion. So um, you could have more than one passion. It's totally okay with that. But as long as you're working with your passion or passions in some type of way. It could be nonprofit. It could be your own business. It could be volunteering. It, you know, it could be a million and one things. Uh, it could be a combination of those things. So that's something that, yeah, I definitely want to do. And uh, for me, like physically, like, I have to say that's one thing that in the past, like I've, I've always struggled with my weight and, and being physically out of shape. Even though I played basketball my whole life as a kid, I was always a little chubbier, a little bigger than everyone else on the court. I was totally like, petrified like growing up as a little kid when i was even bigger of like shirts and skins playing basketball and like i would like if i if it was skins like i'd like pretend like i had an ankle injury or something <laughs> you know uh, and um I, I was able to lose weight in middle school and like but i was up and down a lot like from middle school through high school through you know the last 10 years in the last uh when i when i had my previous job as digital director of this marketing company i was doing really awesome things and I had a really nice, really big house, and I was I was all about the money, and um, I I let myself go, and I, all of a sudden, before I knew it, I was literally almost four hundred pounds, wow. man, and uh, I'm I'm almost down to three hundred pounds now. I've lost over sixty pounds overall. Um, it's like I've lost weight before. I've never lost this much weight before, and the thing is, like the way I'm going about it is I'm not limiting myself to anything. I'm just being disciplined. And like Weight Watchers has been something that's really helped me a lot. I've, I've suffered with binge eating from I was like a little toddler kid up until like my adulthood and um, like certain things like that. Like I knew I had to make my health a priority to like get my mental health right where it needs to be. So that's why when I say health, I say physical and mental health together and spiritual health for those who you know are into that as well. Um I just think that those are all like those are the most important things because you can't operate at the at the way you're supposed to if if those things aren't right. So I'm in a really good place right now where I'm like taking my my mental and physical health are my priorities and everything else like falls under that and it feels way better doing it and it's like way more potential now because I'm actually putting the things that matter first in that sense. So uh, I'm I'm not all I'm the new year's resolutions to me are just a facade. Like you should be working on it no matter if it starts in August or tomorrow or the new year or whatever. So it never stops. Um, it never stops. I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep working, man. Like there's so many times in the past where I lose 30 pounds, lose 40 pounds. And I'd be like, Oh, I feel good. Like I fit into this shirt. Like then I just start gaining it back. And like, you know, it's like, that's, that's how my, my literally my whole life's yes. been, you know, like, and I, and I really cared a lot what other people thought, like, their perception of me was. But it was really more or less, like, my own perception of myself was, like, I had no confidence because I, I never thought I could actually uh, keep it consistently, you know? I was always letting things get in the way of actually achieving my goal. So 
you know, my goal now is like to basically cut myself in half, like from where I was like, you know, almost a year ago, uh, you know, to get to like, you know, true, like where I actually have like a, a six pack or 12 pack or something, but not, not, not about the physical nature of it, but just like knowing that I'm going to be that in shape and that on top of my physical game, that on top of my mental game. And then I'm literally will be unstoppable because I was already doing great and amazing things at 370 pounds. Like just imagine the things I could do when my mind and my body are free from that guilt and from that just unhealthy state. So that's just like another motivation for me, man. Like I want to be there for my future kid, kids. I want to be there for my niece and nephews. I want to show them by example, not like, Hey, I'm doing this stuff in business, but I'm not caring about myself. Like putting, making your priorities, like mixed signals to other people. So like, it's something I had to do for myself. And I started over the last year and uh, I was wishy-washy. And just over the last few months, like there's a few personal things I cut out of my life. And it's enabled me to like, just get on a consistent track and like, it just, it feels great. So that's something like personal that I usually don't share with many people. I've never even posted like any like weight loss pictures on social media before, like anything like that. I know like it could be valuable to other people. I've been thinking about that a lot lately is like starting to like, show other people stuff that I've been doing, like uh, things I've learned that I'm applying. Cause I, I've literally, I've literally lost weight, you know, probably almost 10 different times in my life, you know, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds. So I'm also aware of my long-term health, man. Like I, I, I knew that like I couldn't do that forever. Like, you know, once you turn a certain age or once you get to a certain place, like you can't continue to mess with yourself like that. So um, that is like my main motivation is to be here as long as possible right. and to like show a, a good example, like through everything, whether it's what I'm doing physically, business, mental, you know, anything, family, like all those things together, it's all the same, you know, it's the, like the life that I want to lead. I'm finally being able to do it, you know, on my own terms. That's awesome. That's awesome though. Because, you know, you have to think about those things too. It has to run through your mind. What about my future, you know, family? What about my niece and nephew? Would they want to see like, I think hey, your father doing this stuff and you, you know, taking action and not trying to push it off to the side and realizing that if I can develop that along with the mental side, just the, the aspects of business, you'll be a stronger force than you were, you know, even now, which is a crazy, incredible thing. Yeah. It's just like the whole selfish being selfless. Like I can be selfish and want these things because I know it's going to make me that much more of a kick-ass entrepreneur and businessman, but also because it's going to make me that more of a kick-ass role model to my niece and nephews, to my future kids. I think about my future kids all the time. I don't know what their names are, whether they're boys or girls or both, but like that drives me, man. Like I, like I, the last thing I want to do is like not be in the right frame of mind. Like when that, when that opportunity comes along, whenever it does. So, but it, but it's also with the people in my life now. So it's just extra motivation for that. So yeah, no, I, I agree with you, man. hundred percent. Like that's where it's at. And like, that's where I'm, my mindset is, is just getting all those things right to be like literally the most, you know, the best, the, not the best me to be cliche, but like the most efficient, optimized, like successful, happy, like every single positive thing you can think of. Like if you take care of yourself mentally and physically and do things for the right reasons, like you will be in that. Exactly. You, you, you'll be that unstoppable force and you'll be a dominant force in just both, you know, not just the world, but family life. And you feel like you can, you can do it in a like, like hard task, you know, have a better way of complexing it down or making it easier rather than just kind of stressing about, it, which is great for sure. Absolutely. So our final question, this is always a fun one, is what is one thing you like to tell the Anchor Nation that we may not know about you? It could also be a fun fact. Mm. Man, that's that's good. That's a good one. Um, well, we talked a lot about sports. That's an obvious <laughs> that's for thing. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I would say like I I maybe said it once like I'm like a huge uh, hip hop head. Like I don't know if that's like a you know surprise or anything. But, no, like like you know music's like you know like hip hop's been my thing since I was like I remember living in Cincinnati, Ohio with my step family right after my mom remarried. I was in second or third grade, and I had two older stepbrothers. My oldest stepbrother turned me on to Bone Thugs and Harmony. And this is like 1994, 1995, or something like that. And uh, like I, as I didn't know what they were saying at all in the songs, <laughs> like they were rapping so fast. But like I, the, the beat, the flow, like the music, like everything together just just captivated me, man. Like I cannot tell you like how much that was. And then like as I got older, I started just getting into like so many different types of hip hop. And like as I'm getting, I'm like I'm 13. Year, I was born in '88, so when I was 13, it was 2001. So this is like after the golden era of hip hop. Like there wasn't like Nas wasn't doing like his thing like he was with Illmatic, and so I missed that era. And like I was into like the Southern like Cash Money, Lil Wayne, BG, Juvenile, uh, Three Six Mafia, like all those guys. I always had a thing for like independent like groups and artists, like people who would like pop off on their own and then sign with a label or keep their own thing going. So. Um, as I got older, I got into like, I, like right when I turned like around, like after high school, like early college years, I started like really being a hater of the radio, like the new hip hop, like oh, <laughs> yeah. new hip hop sucks. Like, ah, blah, blah. So I was like super like hip hop snobby like that. You know, like, Oh, like, I, I, like the artists I listen to, like that's real hip hop, you know? And, um, me and my, me and my brother started digging through the crates. We would go on Amazon and eBay and like all these old record stores and just start buying up all these CDs that were like dollar, two dollars, five dollars, like really, like really dope producers and artists from like underground, independent. Um, started getting into Duck Down Records. It's like the biggest independent hip hop label on the East Coast. They're in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, a few artists like I became really fond of personally. And <clears throat> fast forward to 2014, I was living in New York doing my journalism thing. And I was freelancing for this publication. Um, and I did a story. I pitched a story. I wound up doing a story, uh, me and this video guy, on this, like, 20th anniversary of Black Moon. They're, like, the original backpack rapping crew, like, from the early 90s, like, 91, 92. And the, the main guy of the group, his name is Buckshot. And he, was, he, he had a solo career for, you know, he, he started the label, ducked down with his business partner, wound up doing his own solo career, made collaborative albums with Ninth Wonder, KRS-One, uh, this guy's like been the best and worked with the best, so he's like hip hop. He's the he's what embodies hip hop. I did a story on him and his group for that night at the Brooklyn Historical Society. I kept in touch because at the time I was writing for the Times, I was writing for a few others. I was like everyone I talked to that that I wanted to collaborate with. I was like, hey man, I'd love to do a follow up story about you and about what you're doing, this and that. Long story short, I get to Cleveland, 2015, get my investment money from Dan Gilbert uh, and the Cavaliers to start Go Baller, and I wound up hitting up people in my contact list, and uh, Buckshot was one of them, and I was like, hey, man, I was like, I would love to partner with your record label because this is what I'm doing, and this is what Go Baller, and blah, 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 and Buckshot being the entrepreneur that he is and the opportunist that he is he straight up said to me, I want to be your partner. I want to be a part of this. And like, this is like one of my favorite rappers wound up going from just, you know, being colleagues in a sense to like all of a sudden being business partners. So he buckshot 
his name's Kenyatta Blake. That's his full name, but he goes by the name of Buckshot. So people know him as he's my business partner in Go Baller. Um, ever since the very, very beginning, like after a few months of me doing it on my own, he came into the picture and we've been building on stuff together ever since, uh, whether it's, you know, collaborating with guys he grew up with, like Damon John from Shark Tank or, you know, Eminem, uh, KRS-One, you know, rappers, old school and new school, like I mentioned before. So it was like a dream come true in that sense of like, I was like, oh man, like this is just another guy, like it, not in a bad way, but like, you know, this is just part of the process. So him being on like the hip hop, like entrepreneur side and me being on the media entrepreneur side, like we've really been able to like, we have different skill sets in so many different ways we've been able to put together. So my love of hip hop from early age, as you know, second, third grade, listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony to going back into the old school and like hip hop music as an older adult in college, whatever. And then p partnering up with duck down records and having my business partner for go baller be buckshot. And just like that whole journey, like kind of like comes full circle. And now we built a website called officialbuckshot.com. It's powered by go baller. So it's one of the projects we're working on through our company. And it's a music platform uh, to help independent producers independent artists, content creators, and influencers have a platform where they can promote their content and also sell custom merchandise for their brand. So every artist we work with on officialbuckshot.com, they have a custom web page that we build and a custom e-commerce store where we help them from everything from merch, merchandise design to uh, manufacturing, shipping, logistics, etc. So we launched this platform a few months ago. The response has been tremendous from the independent underground music community now we're taking it outside of hip-hop, branching into other areas of music, other areas of content in general, working with social media influencers who are maybe a little bit of music and sports or maybe neither or both. So we're growing this as, as something that we're really excited about in this next year coming up. So um, kind of like a little backstory and shameless plug <laughs> at the same time. If you know anyone that is an independent uh, producer, they're a rapper, singer, writer, etc., uh, you can upload your content for free, upload your content free to officialbuckshot.com. And from there, we highlight the best content we get on a regular basis. We promote videos, we promote SoundCloud music, and then we wind up doing promotions on top of that through social media, through Buckshot social channels and other things that we're doing, uh, you know, PR wise and whatnot. So we have a whole, we have a roster of 10 different artists we're working with right now. They're members of our platform. Uh, we give them we give them digital services to help them grow their career. And now we're working with influencers, established artists, emerging artists who are coming on, and we're giving them the stuff that they need so they can sell merchandise at scale and, and grow the revenue for their brand. So we're working on artists and independent uh, creators on the low end trying to make it and on the high end of, hey, I've made it, but I need to get my digital shit in order. And we're going to use Official Buckshot as a, as a platform to where we can get the best of everything we need um, and not have to worry about selling t-shirts after the show, you know, or on the street. So this, we're trying to offer like a digital, we're trying to be like the new record label, not a record label in a sense, but what record labels used to do for artists, putting them on. We want to be a platform where anybody can be put on. And it's just a matter of how much you want to hustle and sell your stuff and take your career to the next level in that sense, all on one platform to where you're not competing with a million other artists that have their websites, that have this and that. 
we put it all in one place on official buckshot the best content the best merchandise so that's something i'm, I'm very very excited about growing with my business partner buckshot over the fact, you kind of like that that uh, connection platform you can bring the horse to water but now it's up to you to drink it. it's a great it's a great tool for sure and that's uh, i'm glad you plugged that in because actually that's the end of the interview but you did a great, great job plugging in uh your intro with the social media in the beginning and the official buckshot.com so before we wrap up is there anything else you would like to say man um you know i gotta say that uh now you mean we pretty much covered a lot of it you know i I appreciate you reaching out for the interview man really really good questions uh by the way i thought they're you know got better as they went on too so really good job and yeah i've seen you doing interviews for like six months now or so now man so I, we were talking earlier before we got on the official interview, like your stuff's continuing to improve the, the guests and the content you're putting out on social media, on Anchor. And um, I know there'll be many more collaborations between us in the future. So I'm very excited, very excited about that. And uh, man, you know, just go baller FFS. You can catch the family feud sports podcast on Anchor. You can catch it on iTunes, Google play, Stitcher radio. That's where my father and I, two lifelong sports journalists, also father and son, intensely debate the week's hottest sports news we're putting out original sports content every week um and then like i said officialbuckshot.com that's a music platform any independent artists producers can upload their content for free and have it promoted through custom web design custom merchandise and everything that i'm doing is through go baller which is my company so we're a digital media company we work with small businesses medium-sized businesses we work with social media influencers we help them grow their business and their brand, whether it's through e-commerce, whether it's through websites, through apps, through social media. Uh, I just got done doing a whole bunch of 12 days of Christmas campaigns with my marketing clients. And let's just say we absolutely crushed it. I'm putting together the numbers right now. Um, But anyone who needs that help or that extra boost, Go Baller is where I think you get the best value in terms of the price and the amount of results you can get because you get to work directly with me and my partners who have been in the industry for, you know, 20, 30 plus years. And we operate with the startup mentality to where we're not trying to build a digital marketing agency. We're not trying to build a music record label company. We're trying to be a digital media company and that's what we're building. So we're constantly uh, practicing and being practitioners and all these different areas of startups, of websites and apps so I think we bring a very unique perspective to the table where we can really understand people's needs digitally and help them achieve that and get even more results than what they were expecting. So, you know, like I said, man, you could be a, a social media influencer, uh, a rapper, you could be a small business, a mom and pop shop, a medium sized business, whatever it is. Um, go baller, I think offers a very unique perspective and strategy to how we go about digital media for other companies. So that's something where it was us doing it for ourselves for the first two years. And now in the last year, year three, we've started uh, selling our services and offering our services to people who really need it uh, in any type of industry. So we're working with gourmet bakeries, uh, working with uh, pizza joints, working with lawyers, uh, we're working with rappers, working with singers. So it's not about, what type of clients we need. It's just all about being the right fit person to person. So, um, so yeah, man, everything I'm doing, whether it's the podcast, whether it's the official buckshop.com website, um, you know, whether it's my clients, I'm helping with social media, with websites, it all ties into go baller being the next media company, you know, for the new age. So audio, video, photo, everything we're talking about, we want to help other people do that for their businesses too. So that's my last (laughs) shameless plug is that, 
you can go to goballer.com. You can check out what we're doing. You can contact us. You can contact me directly, chris at goballer.com. If you want a consultation on web design, on your online brand, on what it takes to grow it and build it out to where you want it to be, you can always reach out to me free of charge, no strings attached, C-H-R-I-S at goballer.com. That's awesome, man. I'm glad you're very supportive, not just, uh, you know, the anchor, but just the world and just trying to build this platform up where you can make it happen one day. And you're always open to new clients and whatnot. That's awesome. So I want to say thank you again to Chris Dell at Goballer FFS for coming on the show. Appreciate his time and effort. And you out there in Anchorland, thank you for listening and giving my undivided attention as always. Appreciate you, Chris. Thanks so much, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Hi, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Anchor Nation podcast. If you'd like to book an interview or DM me on Instagram, follow me at the Anchor Nation. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it is also under the Anchor Nation. Thank you for listening and enjoy.